Hi, everyone. Today, we're going to talk about how an innovative campaign at Allianz Life is shifting its speak-up culture paradigm to a much broader culture of listening and understanding. I'm your host, Bill Coffin, and this is The Ethicast. According to Ethisphere culture survey data, 93% of participants indicate a willingness to report misconduct if they were to observe it, hypothetically speaking. Yet, only 54% of employees who observed misconduct in the past 12 months actually reported the matter. The truth is, employees inherently believe that they would do the right thing if misconduct occurs, but when actually faced with it, many have a hard time following through. As a result, organizations need to foster a culture that allows employees to act on their instinct of doing the right thing. And since employees most often report to managers, those managers need to be properly equipped to navigate how to respond when a direct report raises a concern, who to go to for help, and how to prevent retaliation. This is clearly a place where companies can develop innovative solutions to empower and advance speak-up culture. And at Allianz Life, there is an, an initiative underway called Hear Me, I'm Listening that doesn't just do these things, it is taking the very notion of speak-up culture to entirely new places with some inspiring results. With us today to speak about Hear Me, I'm Listening is Allianz VP and Chief Ethics and Compliance Officer, Steve Koslow. Steve, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for inviting me, Bill. It's always great to be uh, connected with the Ethisphere organization. You, now, you launched your Hear Me, I'm Listening campaign earlier this year as a different way to promote speak-up culture. What drove the concept of this campaign? What are you solving for? And most importantly, what results has it delivered so far? Well, you know, it's interesting. You raised some of the important uh, reasons why we launched this program earlier in the podcast when you talked about some of the statistics that Ethisphere has had, which is, you know, everybody believes that they would like to speak up if they see something that's not going according to the way the values are of their company. But when it actually comes down to it, uh, about only about half of the people who see something will actually say something. And so that prompted us to really try to ask some questions of how do we strengthen a speak up culture? I mean, fundamentally, that's what every ethics program is trying to do. It's core, it's foundational, and it's the one area where, you know, you ask any leader of an ethics program, what would they like to improve? And they will always tell you it's the speak up culture. So when we took a step back, we asked uh, ourselves, what are some of the inhibitors to people speaking up? And one of the things that we came to was it seemed to us like a power paradigm. When I'm telling you to speak up, I have the power and I'm telling you, Bill, speak up. What it really should be is more of an empowerment mentality where I have the power to say, hear me, or you have the power, Bill, to say, hear me. It, it changes that power paradigm, if you will, from authority down to employees, to employees, to the rest of the company. That was sort of the premise behind trying to get to a hear me culture. And obviously the, the flip side to hear me is I'm listening. So you have employees who are reaching out to others in the company, whether it's management, whether it's other employees saying, hear me, I have something to say. And you have a response, which is I'm listening. And it, it began to build on some pretty basic concepts when I was rolling this out at the beginning, 
I had um, somebody come to me and they say, well, what does it look like? What does it feel like? How does it manifest itself in reality? And that, of course, made us step back and say, what are some of the principles behind this? And that's where we got to the principles foundationally that everybody has a voice. Everybody has a, an opinion, a thought, an idea, a concern that's worthy of being heard. That's first and foremost. The second one, which, which you and I have discussed in the past, is we don't have to agree. We can commit to listening to each other. We can commit to communicating with each other without full agreement. And then the third one is in an environment that is where you're, you're asking people to hear you at the right time, in the right way, and in a respectful manner. And we found that those three principles pretty much cover most of the situations that we're trying to get to. It is a really compelling shift that you're putting the onus more on the realm of leadership to listen rather than on employees to speak. So I was wondering if you could talk, how, to what degree does this align more broadly with Allianz Life's overall culture? Well, that, that's the, the interesting thing about it. We often talk about a speak up culture in the identification of misconduct or when you observe an employee who's doing something that's contrary to your values. In reality, it has to be much broader than that. If employees are not comfortable voicing their opinions and ideas in just their general ideas, they're certainly not going to be comfortable speaking up when they see something that's going wrong. And so as our company begins to uh, move faster, you know, we're introducing more products every year, we're moving at a much faster pace, like every other company than we had in the past, decision-making is being moved down. And in, the only way to move fast is if, if more people and other and different levels of the company are able to make decisions and get action. Well, the risk with that is that you no longer have the hierarchical checks and balances of, well, let's, let's take that idea, let's think about it, let's put it through the grinder, let's see what could go wrong. We don't have that time anymore. So you have employees and leaders across the company that are making decisions very quickly. In order for us to have a comfort level that those decisions are being made effectively, they have to be hearing the voices of their constituents, of their stakeholders, of their of the people on their teams. We have, you know, we're doing an we're in an agile environment where you have scrum teams that are working on two week sprints. Well, those people know what's going on. They have to feel comfortable raising their voice and saying, "Well, why don't we go this direction instead of that direction?" Or have you thought about this? Or we might have a problem if we do that. That's that's critically important for our company as we move faster and as we try to grow. So that's I'm much more interested right now in making sure that environment is solid, because if that environment is solid, it's a very small step for somebody to say, oh, I see something wrong. Let me tell somebody about it. That's that's sort of how this is beginning to evolve into a much larger um, initiative across Allianz Life than simply the identification of misconduct. Ethics doesn't just happen. You need to put in the time. So make sure to register for the 15th Annual Global Ethics Summit, a live and virtual event in Atlanta, Georgia, from April 22nd through the 24th. Save $200 by using the code ETHICAST at registration. To learn more, visit attendges.com. So earlier in this program, uh, you had mentioned this great quote about how we don't always have to agree, but we can commit to listening and discussing each other's ideas and opinions and concerns. 
you just spoke in a very compelling fashion about how this program is kind of helping to kind of to, to move the culture of the organization forward uh, to a much more agile environment. And all of this brings up the notion of how ethics and compliance uh, as, an, as a function can really be a very powerful lever to help the overall organization. And I know a lot of a lot of CECOs out there are really striving for that state where their program is not just operating on its own, it's a strategic thing that affects mm -hmm. all parts of the organization. Can you, so I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that and about how this initiative sort of exemplifies that reality. I'm one of those firm believers that a strong ethics program helps the entire company. It is, it is, it is a differentiator in my mind for how employees feel engaged and whether or not you have a workforce that is going to be producing and providing the value that the companies need. The, the concept of hear me, of getting connectivity between employees and managers and employees and each other uh, really gets back to, to, do we respect each other? I mean, you know, our, everybody, every company has values. One of our values is respect, caring, integrity, excellence. And the question is, is how do we manifest respect? And that's where we got to the second principle of, of we don't have to agree. You know, it's, it's too often people think that, well, if, they, if they're not agreeing with me, they're not hearing me. And we've spent a lot of time trying to dispel that notion. Effective discourse and effective uh, um, communication of, of different ideas is, is what's really going to drive change and innovation. We have meetings where people are playing the you know contrary card. You know, well, let's look at it this way. Well, let's look at it this way. You know, and in an environment where we have we have such a, a division in our society, we have to be have a, a a culture in our companies where we are at least willing to listen to each other with respect. The curiosity of of the drives people has to be the primary factor. I, you know, the ideas that we hear out there in our company are just amazing. I mean, we have innovation clinics where we're trying to throw out all sorts of ideas. Some stick, some don't, some are good, some aren't. But the idea is, is let's get those ideas out there and let's listen to them. Um, and if I'm not agreeing with you, it doesn't mean I'm not hearing you. Let's make sure we are, we're all in agreement with that. We can agree to listen to each other, to hear each other, without having to ultimately agree. Now we do work in a company and at the end of the day, we have to align and there are decisions yeah. that have to be made. And that's a different discussion. You know, we are, we are a company and we will align ultimately around decisions that are made, even if we don't necessarily always agree with those decisions. Sometimes we feel like the threads that you know, hold us together are fraying or, or, or thin. And um, this kind of culture of where people can kind of come together uh, in ways where they may not ordinarily do so is what brings us together, you know, on a much larger basis and on a more meaningful basis. So I, I really get what you're saying and I really appreciate it. Do you have any, any examples of how the Hear Me, I'm Listening campaign has already empowered somebody uh, to share something that they felt was important to socialize or took courage to bring up within your organization? Um, I know these things aren't easy, but the degree to which Allianz Life is encouraging this kind of openness is really, really inspiring. Well, last week we had a town hall that was at um, where our employee resource groups asked for a town hall to discuss this topic. And the premise behind the town hall was, why is it potentially difficult for 
some people to feel like they're being heard. Is that is that something that we as a company should be exploring more in depth? And we didn't have answers, but it was the fact that we had a a whole town hall with questions and answers around the three principles. You know, what does it mean to have your voice heard? You know, what does it mean to not agree and still be respectful? And are there different ways that people can raise their voices to have their voices be heard where we may be coming from different places because of our lived experiences that we have to be open to how do we hear each other? How do we listen to each other? So the Hear Me, I'm Listening program prompted our employee resource groups to say, let's have further discussions on this. This is an important topic. Um, and so that was one of those things where I just felt so incredibly good that we're starting discussions. We don't have we don't have all the answers, mm -hmm. but the fact that we're openly discussing how do people present when they say "hear me," and what does that mean is the, is an important step in a, in our company's culture. Um, you know, we're also hearing from Jasmine on the stage and other leaders when they're doing presentations, starting to use the terminology of "hear me," you know, being heard. Uh, we have a, a, a campaign going on across the entire globe, which is getting into the whole concept of trust and the Edelman survey and all of that, which I'm sure you're well aware of. And, sure. and how does trust play into our role as a provider of promises to our customers, to our provider of promises to our employees? And so the, the Hear Me campaign is helping in small, one small way to help move the dial on that trust. You know, one of the things that, that I've learned over time is there are no answers. There's no silver bullet. There's no, you know, holy grail of this is, this is how it's going to work. Every company can help move the dial a little bit and we can all work and, and, and share with other companies how are they doing it? And I learned so much from, well, from Bell, obviously, and from the organizations at Ethosphere of how are other companies starting to move the dial in this important space? And so, you know, I, I think the, the conversations need to continue across the entire industry of how do we help promote a speak up culture? It's just so critically, critically important. Well, Steve, I could not agree more. And I wanna thank you very much for joining us today and for sharing with us some of the details about what you're doing at Allianz Life. Oh, my pleasure. I, uh, I think this is an important topic. I appreciate Ethosphere's uh, very, very important role in this uh, entire sphere of the way we communicate with each other. So thank you very much, Bill. To learn more about the great work that Steve and his colleagues are doing to advance ethics and compliance at Allianz, please visit Allianz.com. That's A-L-L-I-A-N-Z.com. And now it's over the About Us tab. There you can learn about Allianz culture, compliance, DEI, and more. And to get a free copy of our ebook, The Eight Pillars of an Ethical Culture, The Foundations of Building an Effective Culture of Compliance, please visit the Ethisphere Resource Center at ethisphere.com resources. I'm Bill Coffin, and this has been The Ethicast. For more episodes, please visit the Ethisphere YouTube channel at youtube.com slash ethisphere. And if this is your first time enjoying the show, please make sure to like and subscribe either on YouTube or on our podcasting platforms at Apple, Spotify, Google, and Amazon Music. Thanks so much for joining us. And until next time, remember, strong ethics is good business.